man, what am I going to do? The show starts in like 10 minutes and Jax is not here again. Do I go to Rob? Do I call up Mac Good? Franz? Man, what am I going to... And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. I'm Jackson. Jackson's back! Ah. Happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Thank you, Ian. I came back specifically on Valentine's Day for a reason. To spread love. That Ian hates love. Aw, that's adorable. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. See, Ian Hates Movies has already done a Valentine's Day special, so we won't exactly do that today. But it is great to have the band back together, you know? The band's back. We are the scene. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they all know that by now. We took a little break from saying it, but now I want to go back to saying it a lot. (laughs) Especially after our secret performance at the Grammys didn't go so well. They didn't really accept our our, uh, We Are the Scene speech. So we got cut out, but no one knows about that yet. So I thought I'd tell everybody that now. Look, man. The whole speech wasn't going that well, so we just took our pants down and then we stood there in our underwear. It was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that one was coming up, by the way. Coming up? But, um... Oh, see, Jackson, didn't you miss this? Yeah. Yeah. That was disheartening to me. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I knew that this episode was going to be full of you making fun of me for 21 Pilots, Mm -hmm. Grammys, and... Mm -hmm. Of course, last week you didn't get to do your Franz bits on me, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of them today. So that's why. What? What are you not talking even about? patient anymore? He just cuts me right off. <laughs> well, Goes actually, right in there. No mercy. I thought that there was a pause there, but then by the time my finger hit the button, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Fuck it. I, I missed that. How about that? Oh, see. I knew it. You got me. All right, man. Look, we really do have like a ton of shit to go through. So how about we get this thing started? Fuck it. All right, man. So we got to talk about this very, very briefly at the end of the show last week when Rob was on. Because it happened... Pretty much like right when we were doing the show. But as everyone probably knows already, we're still going to talk about it. From first to last, reunited with Sonny Moore. Now Skrillex, but I'm still going to say Sonny. (laughs) I say Sonny too, don't feel bad. They reunited for the first time in over 10 years and played a surprise show at Emo Night in LA. I'm so fucking jealous I can't even explain and all the reason for it. Can you imagine just going to emo night and first to fucking Sonny Moore just comes up on stage. What's up, guys? We're from first to last. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. I'm sure people even thought it was a joke for the first five minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hello, ladies and gentlemen! Matt Good is so amazing 
at doing these surprise shows and getting people amped and keeping things a secret. But I really just wish there had been some tweet there, like the day before, maybe. I could have just hopped on a plane and you been there. You would not have. Oh, I definitely would have. Are you serious? Because you don't know. That could have literally been the last time we get to see something like that. And it's not even like they did an HD filming of that. They have like YouTube videos. I don't know, man. That's something that you don't pass up if you have the ability. I, I wish I could have gone to. But I know that I would have been <laughs> able to go even a week before if I knew. But man, uh, what a special night I'm sure that would have been. Well, let me ask you this then. So if there was a band that reunited, what band would make you jump on a plane and just go see them? Ooh. Well, I'll tell you what. Tell me I what. would do it for probably a number of bands <laughs> if I had the money to do it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Jackson, I'm sorry. Did you misunderstand me? I didn't say I had the money. I have a credit card. <laughs> That's what that meant. It meant I have a credit card. I would have put it down. And I would have taken that flight day of seeing the show and probably come back, you know, right afterwards. So <laughs> it's just about the ability to see a band reunite that you may never get a chance to see again. I gotcha. I honestly can't think of a band now. Oh, Jackson. Are you all like ring rusted right now? Not being on the show for a week? Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get you back into it. We'll get you, you back into you. it. Well, for people that don't know, you can go ahead and search out YouTube videos because there was a lot of filming there, obviously. Oh. And there was kind of a semi-professional-ish copy that did about 14 minutes or so, but that's not the whole entire set. You can definitely look that up. Matt Good and From First to Last obviously put a ton of videos out there for people to watch as well. But I went through that 14-minute video and the tracks they played were the one-armed boxer versus the flying guillotine, note to self, secrets don't make friends, and kiss me, I'm contagious. But there is also random small videos of other tracks where they played Make War, Ride the Wings of Pestilence, and Emily. Ugh, what a fucking list. Yeah, you know, that's a whole set. <laughs> I mean, I'd yeah. be completely happy hearing all that. So, I mean, they're just for the people who are there, so lucky. Like, they ha just know that. Just imagine the feeling of, like, going to this place, not expecting almost little to nothing. Just, you know, you're just going to the chill emo night. You know, you know you're going to have a good time, but you're not expecting one of the biggest things that could ever happen to our scene to happen right in front of you in, like, no time. And you're just like, what the fuck is tonight? No, that's the whole thing. And that's why Matt is so damn good and... You know, no pun intended there, but that's why. Uh. Oh, but that's why he is so damn good at what he does. He could have publicized it. He could have made a huge announcement about it. And oh, they could, yeah. you know, but he didn't because he knew that the coverage that they would get just from doing that would be immense. Mm -hmm. And right now, people still don't know: is there an album coming out with Sonny? Is that just one track? You know, what's the deal? They have. We have no idea. What do you think? Do you, do you think they're going to keep doing this kind of stuff? I'm hoping, obviously, that they do. But based on publicity, they could put out a whole entire album without Make War and without Sunny, and still do ridiculously well. I agree. So that might be what he wants to do. 
Like, I think Matt's in charge of everything. Like, I, you know, it's probably not fair to the rest of the band, but it does seem <laughs> like Matt's driving all of these things. So, you know, I'm sure they decide as a band what's probably best, but in general, he seems to be the one pushing things out there. So if he's deciding, hey, we can run off of this marketing just for now and still be fine. Like I said, I'm a huge Matt Good fan, so I'm going to love any album that comes out. Right. No, and, and you're right about Matt Good. I mean, he he's a hype machine. He's so good at just selling things, you know, like he's really good at making things seem so much great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it, but everything that he does, he doesn't go at it like balls to the wall where it's like, oh, it's like that annoying telemarker kind of thing. But he just knows how to present something and know when to make it a big deal, when to not make it a big deal. So, yeah, man, we're going to see how this continues to go. He's also been updating people a lot with the new Asking Alexandria, too. So who knows what comes out first? It might be AA before any more from first to last. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Kill It With Fire coming along, too. Well, I'm really excited for that. They have not mentioned that for a long time, though. I know, and it's really a shame. I passed by their Twitter the other day, and I saw that they haven't tweeted anything since that initial announcement. I'm like, fuck, when is it coming? Yeah, since we talked. I don't think he has any time. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, you will hear about it on the show. You know, I tried to share as much as I could on Twitter and everything, so hopefully it works out and we get even more. I'm going to be happy either way. Ian's always going to be happy. It's true, man. I think that's the point of the show, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Do you give a fuck enough? Sorry. I had make war (laughs) stuck in my head now. (laughs) Never apologize for that. Yes, sir. So, Ian, guess what? What's up, Jackson? Suicide silence. Taking shots at thy artist murder for not being as shitty as them. What do you think about that? (laughs) That was a great way to put it. You're back, Jackson. You're back. <laughs> they interviewed Sui- I think it was the frontman of Suicide, yeah, Eddie, Eddie. Hermata mm-hmm. from Suicide Silence. And he was going into depth about how, yeah, their new music isn't getting well-recepted because it's shit. But obviously, <laughs> he doesn't say that. But one of the comparisons he made was, we're not like that artist murder where we're going to put out the same shit every year. It's basically what he said in a nutshell, which is super fucked up. I mean, that was so... That was so low, you know what I mean? Yeah, his exact quote was, oh yeah, we're going to save Deathcore, and they write the same song they wrote on the last record. It's going to die. (laughs) That was so cheap, you know? It really was. I don't know why they think that lashing out at fellow musicians is going to be better than just keeping quiet. Like I mentioned on the show last week, they have YouTube videos where they joke around with commenters on metal websites and stuff and kind of take it with a grain of salt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, do that if that's what you want to do, but don't go after other musicians because that last track that we played, the new one with CJ, is way better than anything that they're putting out right now. Oh, 100%. And their music is just getting worse, too. Silence was awful. It definitely, look, but I'll be honest, I like Silence better than I like Doris. Yeah, but that's not hard to say. Well, about that's it. true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, they're just doing so bad. And the worst part of them doing bad is the fact that they're not growing up about it, which is really weird to be saying this about Suicide Silence. We're talking about a monster band here. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's just such a shame to talk about them in this sense. I mean, who would have ever predicted this? I certainly would not have. I never thought they'd do anything like this. I'm completely fine when we first talked about it. 
we were like, oh, well, hey, I like clean vocals mixed in with my own clean vocals. That's completely fine. But not when it's done like this. Yeah, because it's not the fact that they're changing that, you know, people have problems with. It's the fact that it's awful change. Yeah. I mean, the music is just not good. I mean, I've never heard in my life of fans making a petition <laughs> to not let a band release an album. I mean, this is real. This is real now! Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. What are you going to do anymore? We're going to talk about the album because we're going to listen to it. But yeah, look, I, I made the joke last week that I would do this for Immure as well. Mm. But I still wouldn't want to silence anyone from putting out their stupid album. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, release your shit album. The only issue that I have with them releasing the shit album is the <laughs> fact that they're being shitty about it. You yes, know what I mean? That's the other thing. Like, it, it's like, okay, fine. You made a bad album. You don't want to take it? Fine. Fuck it. Who cares? But here's the thing. If you're going to be a dick about it, that's when people have a problem with it. Exactly. So, yeah, man. Look, we'll see. What is it? The end of this month, right? Mm-hmm. Getting there. Yeah, it'll be it's fun. It's Valentine's Day. We'll call it the end. Yeah. <laughs> We're both single here. We'll see how it works out. On the note of CJ from The Art is Murder, dun, dun, dun. another thing that we talked about last week, and this isn't going to sound completely right, the way that I'm transitioning here, but it is kind of strange. This story just came out, I think, the other day, but we had mentioned that Gus from Volumes was fucking with Michael Barr, the previous co-vocalist of Volumes. When he left the band, he went, now he's creating his own stuff, and Gus did that whole Twitter thing where he was just ripping Barr apart. And it was completely unfounded and unfair. And who knows, you know, it might have been, you know, a ploy for publicity. It might have been, you know, some type of marketing. Who knows? But one of the things that people did, you know, Twitter fans and everything did to Gus after he started this shit with Barr is they started commenting about how they have paid him to do guest vocal spots and he's taken the money and not done them. Uh, now, who wow. does that sound like? Fuck, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dennis, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yep. So this is a thing. <laughs> Asking Alexandria Dennis, yes. It's almost the exact same thing. And Volumes has now put out a statement pledging that they will pay back any money that Gus took and didn't do anything for. And the reason why this ties in to CJ from Thy Art is Murder is he took to Instagram and started talking shit about Gus and I think his exact quote was, what a fucking lowlife cunt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damn. So, I yeah, he's not a, I thought you were going with this. A little pissed, right? Uh, yeah, I, I can feel <laughs> the anger a little bit. But, hey, that's fucking deathcore right there, baby. They're saving deathcore. One repeated song at a time. What he should do is he should say that exact same quote to Eddie from Suicide Silence. <laughs> In an interview. And he can be like, hey, how do you like that? I guess I'm ripping off my own stuff to read yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. CJ, when he came back, I mean, it's with vengeance. From that opening statement to now this, I mean, he's got some aggressive words, doesn't he? Dude, I love the C word, so it's fucking great for me. <laughs> Ian's favorite word, just in case anyone wanted to know. It's absolutely close to it. <laughs> what is your favorite word, Ian? It might be... Might be Ian. 
Oh God, I can't believe you just said that. Or it's hates. It's no, one of the no, two. no, 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 no. There's no going back from what you just said. Hey, I man. can't believe that. You should, me, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jackson. Do you do marketing no. for the show? So I'm the one who has to say Ian all the time. Are you done? <laughs> Are you done? No. Are you going to answer the question for the audience? I'm sorry. Here, I'll repeat the question for you. Oh. Uh, definition, please. <laughs> two vowels? Sorry. I, I don't comprehend. I think there were more than two vowels. Well, I was asking for two, and then I could just figure it out from there. Oh, originally I thought you were part of a spelling bee, but now you're part of Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got you, Jackson. You're all over thank the place. You, thank you. Hey, I'm everywhere. You are. That is true. You are the scene. Hey, you know what? You're right. That's not going anywhere? Nope. <laughs> To the next story. This is a story that everyone was freaking the fuck out about a few days ago. And that's X. I guess you could say X, right? X, as I lay dying, front man Tim has been released from prison after serving less than half the sentence he was originally given for trying to hire a hitman to kill his estranged wife. Fucked up. What do you think about this, Jackson? I think that's that's our system for you. I mean, the guy, I mean, of course she didn't die and, you know, it wasn't successful. But, I mean, I consider this guy a murderer. You know, I mean, if you want to go into language and technicalities, no, he didn't kill anybody. Right. But the fact that there is a someone with a murder, someone that who would go as too far as killing somebody is loose for half the sentence that he was given now. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I find troubling. Like, okay, no, he didn't kill anybody, but... The mentality, but there is someone out there that has that mentality that we had under control, and now we just let him go. You know what I mean? Well, look, and I'm not standing up for him. The only thing that I'm going to say, you know, play devil's advocate here just a little bit. So we send people to prison to rehabilitate them, unless obviously they're there for death row or whatever. But even then, prison is still rehabilitation. It's punishment right. and it's rehabilitation. So if he got out early it is possible that they felt that he was rehabilitated. So if he doesn't go through with this and he's not a violent person anymore and, you know, whatever, then maybe prison was the best thing for him and it's okay to let him out because the prison actually did the job it was supposed to do. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. I won't, I won't deny what you're saying. But what sucks is, obviously, he has... His estranged wife that he tried to have killed, and for people that don't know, and I'm going to say allegedly, but I'm pretty sure it's not because he went to <laughs> fucking prison for it. But I right. guess someone, he was spouting off at the mouth at a gym that he used to go to. And apparently, and this is why I'll say allegedly because I forget the entire story, but I know Ty wrote here something about steroids. Like maybe Tim was on steroids before, and that kind of fucked with his mind a little bit. But he was at a gym talking to someone and asking that person if he could hook him up with a hitman to kill his estranged wife. That guy then went to the police and they set up a sting operation where literally Tim handed over a packet or something with the picture of his wife, like address, like all the information, plus like a thousand bucks or something. Yep. He really did go through with it. It wasn't just like a hey, I'm just shooting the shit here. I'm really mad at her, and I'm going to shoot the shit at the gym with somebody. He went through with giving a hitman, a supposed hitman, 
all the things you would need to kill somebody besides like an actual weapon. You so, nailed it. Yeah, it is pretty fucked up. It absolutely is. And what I don't like necessarily is I'm hoping he's rehabilitated. That's a good part, if that's true. But what the rumors are is that he has a record deal right now as well as a book deal. And people are chomping at the bit to get a brand new As I Lay Dying album. I mean, they want the whole band back together, but Mm -hmm. if he just does something, I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money. Plus a book deal, I'm sure he's going to make a lot of money from that too. So this might have been the best thing for him, which is crazy to say. I agree. And I mean, you'd think that a record a record company wouldn't sign someone like him up. Oh, no, man. That's not how things work. It's about money, buddy. Yeah. No, you're right. I just, I guess I had a little bit of faith in humanity. No. How dare I? Jackson, what happened to you while you were what gone? Happened? <laughs> you're right. No, you're completely right. <laughs> but I did like, I did want to mention Ty's joke. The reason why Tim is out is because Trump probably pardoned him. Like that was one of his executive orders. I thought that's pretty funny. Yeah. Release Tim Lambasas immediately. Yes. <laughs> that is why I became president. Yep. I want a wall. I want an immigration man. And I want Tim Lambasas out of prison now. I'm glad you said his last name right because I completely forgot how to pronounce it. <laughs> no problem, Ian. You're right. You're, I'm here to help, right? Yeah, of course, man. Well, look, I guess once again, we'll have to see how this goes. I can only hope for the family that he has put all this behind him and he actually is rehabilitated. Look, I love a lot of bands. As I Lay Dying, I don't necessarily need another album from them. I know that might be blasphemy to certain people, but normally when someone does something like that, I kind of cut out their music a little bit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I wouldn't be able to listen to his music without thinking of, you know, what he's done and it just wouldn't be the same. And plus, I wasn't ever really a big As I Lay Dying fan anyway, so... Oh, you pissed some people off. No, I bet. But I mean, it's kind of funny how he's getting so much support coming out. Then again, the same people with Front Porch Step is apparently releasing something in two or three days. Oh, really? There's a huge... (laughs) Yeah, there's a huge... I actually just found that out today. There's um, a lot of people very pissed about it. Oh, okay. And saying, do not support him or his music. Well, because of his alleged underage, um, he was dating underage girls. Yeah, he was. Up. Yeah, kind of messing with them online, right? Yeah, something he, like that. Um, like a girl would call and be like, "Hey, I want to stop seeing you or whatever," and he would be like that guy that like stalks you and you know makes things weird. Oh, he I was hate a guys weird, like creepy that. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he, and we know he would do that with underage girls, like you know, seventeen and stuff like that. Right. And you know, you don't support his music, clearly. Same thing with Tim Lambasis. You'd think it'd be the same thing, but I find it the complete opposite thing. Now, question for you, though. So what about Ronnie? Yep, that, that's another case where it, that sometimes it just doesn't matter what you did. It's just who you are. And some people will support you no matter what. I mean, it was different, but it goes along with the same principle of who you can forgive and who you don't, I guess. Whatever. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Fuck it off. Fuck it. <laughs> so, Ian... Did you know that 18 Visions resurface almost 10 years after breaking up and they're recording a new album? They are back. I did hear that. I'm sure you did. And I am excited. (laughs) But that's it, though. 
There's really yeah, there's nothing else that story. <laughs> it's just hey, but that happens sometimes. I think that happened last week too. It's just hey, sometimes a band is like, hey, we're getting back together. We're leaving weird cryptic messages around, and then they go, hey, new album. We're like, yay, and then we move on. We we tell it to everybody, and then we move on. Damn straight. So yeah, there we go. 18 visions. Hopefully there'll be an album in 2017, if not maybe early 2018. But I think that's cool. Yep, same here. I'm going to be excited for it. Next up, Jonathan from The Ghost Inside put out a very quick video to let everyone know that unfortunately the band will not be playing Warp Tour this year. I thought originally that this announcement was a little strange because why would you make an announcement like this? But I had forgotten that they had last year said that they were going to be playing this year. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense now that they would go ahead and make a public announcement saying they're not able to do it. What I also thought was nice was Warp Tour came out and said that they will always have a spot for the ghosts inside. So no matter what, all they have to do is let them know and they've got their spot. So badass. So nice of Warp Tour. But on the flip side, also really saddening to hear about. You know, the ghost inside not being able to participate in Warp Tour. I mean, I'm sure that's something that they were really looking forward to. It really sucks when your injuries are not allowing you to go through with what you want to do. True. Look, it's possible they have plans for another tour as well. You know what I mean? True. And maybe they couldn't handle Warp Tour because, as you know, Warp Tour is pretty strenuous. Very grueling tour. Yeah. So it's pretty tough to say that your first tour back is going to be Warp Tour. Right. So maybe they have something else set up and people won't have to wait that much longer. So it is a possibility, but it's also, it's the same too. They could just be taking longer to recover because that's what they need. Nope. Yep. And I mean, and it really does suck, but you just hope for a good recovery and one that, you know, they have to take their time with this because you never know they could come back and then they can just completely re-injure themselves thinking that they can just push through all this thing. You know, if they did Warp Tour... You know, they could have made things worse, but you got to play it safe for this, and hopefully they come back better than ever. I agree. And with a new song, hopefully. That'd be really cool. I would love... You know, one of the things I'm most excited for when they come back is the lyrics. Oh, sure. Because you know they're going to come from somewhere. You know what I mean? I agree. And look, they're probably perfectionists as well. Maybe they need everything to sound the right way as well, and they're just not there yet, you know? I completely agree. We'll see how this goes as well. Ian, did What's you up, know? Jackson? Well, actually, I know you know. Again, because we are the scene. We own that bitch. Oh, yeah. Holding Absence premiered their new music video for their song Permanent. And it is a banger. They are a UK band, and I actually did not know of them until seeing this. So I went ahead and I looked them up. And they actually have two new tracks that you can listen to, at least on Spotify. That I didn't know. So why don't we go ahead and play a little bit of Permanent. See the world 
I really like his vocals. Yeah, same here. I really like the whole style and just the whole like deep vibe that they make with their music. I, I really do enjoy them. Yeah, they're creating a specific atmosphere that works really well. Yep. And for people that don't know, there's also the track Dream of Me that's available as well. So you should also check that one out. But I am looking forward to whenever they put this album out. And I think this was a really good pickup by Sharp Tone. Yeah, same here. Sharp Tone actually has a pretty good list of bands. Minus one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was I was going to actually let you say it, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this one for me. And I'm sure he's tired of them already. I really am. <laughs> I really, really am. You poor thing. Your poor ears. All right. Well, enough of that. We will find out what Holding Absence is doing in the future. But until then, a quick story here. Pure Noise Records raised over $12,000 for the ACLU when they did an eBay auction of different memorabilia. And that's just pretty damn cool. Yep, I completely agree. That is super badass. That is, that's a label that is not stingy with their money and they're doing things the right way and hopefully other record labels can learn from this. I read a study that said that the memberships and donations to the ACLU is like record high right now. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So if anyone wants to donate, make sure you go to their website. It's very easy to do and check it out. But yeah, for sure. Well, that's badass. I mean, hey, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Absolutely. So that was a quick story. So, Ian, I got a good one for you. Ooh. McGill University who? reveals that McGill. <laughs> no, I know. I just don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, no, neither, neither do I. I was wondering if I was even saying it right. McGill University <laughs> McGill. <laughs> um, reveals that music affects the same areas of the brain as opioid, opio, <laughs> opioids. Oh, shit. That was a tongue twister for me. <laughs> yeah, I thought this study had been done already. I thought the same thing, too. But maybe they just never clearly proved it by showing that the brain was blocking or allowing the opioids to be released when you heard the music. But to say that hearing your favorite song does not make you feel good is just, (laughs) it's simply untrue. So Right. Anybody can account for that. Yeah. But I guess it's cool to see it scientifically to understand it. But yeah, that's why you crave certain music sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It all depends on how your brain is feeling at the moment and, and how they got studies to show it. Good old Mick Gill proved it Mick right. Gill, yeah. Mick Gill, yeah. It's just like you can think of probably times where you hear a new track or something and you just need to hear it over and over again until it kind of works its way out of your system. Mm-hmm. And that happens so many times with different bands and different tracks. So it just makes perfect sense. No, yeah, I completely agree. And and it's it's like we said earlier, we didn't need science to prove it, but now it's here. If, if you know, if we're trying to make a presentation for anybody that doesn't believe it, now we have proof. Absolutely. And look, I am a chemical engineer, so I do appreciate a little science, but it's just Oh gosh. I no, thought it was already done. I thought I had proven this a long time ago. Didn't you I hear bet my you theory? I to take credit for it. Yeah, man. The theory of Ian hates music. <laughs> o- Opio I still can't say it right. Never mind. I'm just opioids. Not say it. Opioids. Opioids. There you go. See, you got it. Opioids. 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 That's a new hashtag. <laughs> hashtag opioids. Ian hates opioids. Yes, opioids. it's opioids. true because I do love. I do love opioids. <laughs> That's word of the day. 
All right, we're still working through these. Wow, we got a lot of news stories. Some of them are short, though, just like kind yeah. of this one, too. So My Ticket Home, which we haven't talked about in a while. I know I've talked about them on the show before because I went to see them live and did a review of their show, but they have recently signed with Spine Farm Records. They put out a little brief thing on Facebook thanking everyone for their support. They said, for the past three years, we have been working at jobs, focused on home lives, and trying to make this project the best it can possibly be. Although a long time in the making, it was necessary for the growth of this band. We signed with Spine Farm Records because they understand our vision and what this band is about. We could not be more excited to be working with them and finally getting this record out to all of you. Puke rock forever. Matt, Nick, Derek, and Marshall. So I didn't see an actual announcement of a date, but it kind of sounds like based on what I've seen on their Instagram and other, you know, Twitter and Facebook that they are working on the album or they're almost complete on the album. That's good news to hear. Uh, like you said, we haven't talked about them in a really long time. Glad to know they're fine, and now they got a good little record deal. That's pretty sick. So their last album, Strangers Only, which is a pretty damn good album, a pretty weird album as well. Yep. That album came out in 2013, so yeah, they're definitely overdue. Yeah, they definitely need one, especially in, in our sort of scene. Usually bands are pushing out albums one to two years, so for you to go over three years, I mean, you're due. Wait till we get to the review section. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, man. What's up next? Ian, Wednesday 13, <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday 13 um, is releasing their eighth studio album, Condolences, coming out June 2nd, 2017. I saw, man. And look, I was not a fan because I had not heard of them until I went to see them when they were headlining with One-Eyed Doll. And you remember wow. me probably raving about that show. So I am very much looking forward to this. And they also signed with Nuclear Blast Records. So that's also a big deal as well. Yeah, no, and good to see that they're doing good too, especially after all the hype that you gave them after seeing them live. It even got me to listening to them. I've never even heard of them until you talked about it on the show. Yeah, man, look, I like to say that it's all because of me, but I'm not sure uh, that's okay. a thing. <laughs> but yes, I look... I think people will be pleasantly surprised because a lot of times they get labeled as goth, but it's really not goth music. If you listen to it, it's a mix of a lot of different genres. And if you had to say, especially live, that they're like anyone, it's like a mix of Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. Like, it's really good stuff. If you get a chance to see Wednesday 13 live, you should definitely do it. Yeah, and I really like the band name, too. I don't know why. <laughs> Wednesday 13. It is a good one. I agree with that as well. Thank you, thank you. Hey, you agree with me. I sort of no, always stop. kind of agree with you and I knew sometimes, that was going there. but you're normally wrong. Really? <laughs> okay, thank you. Especially with the next thing we're going to talk about. Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> so, Jackson, uh, we, I, I'll say I for this one, <laughs> have made fun of music award shows for forever. Quite and some time. I had no idea when the Grammys were until all of a sudden I started hearing people talk about it. Apparently, they were last Sunday. I obviously didn't watch, and I made many social media comments about why would anyone watch. And I made up the hashtag, not my Grammys, <laughs> because they are not my Grammys, and they shouldn't be anyone's. I don't know why anyone gives 
any of these people power. And I will ask you, Jackson, before we get into the main story. Oh, God. <laughs> do you know how voting works for the Grammys? I actually do not. And I'm excited for you to educate me on oh, this certain subject, no, Jackson. sir, because I know you love to talk about this. No, Jackson, I am not going to educate you because <laughs> I couldn't give a shit. I couldn't care less because they're all hacks. So okay. I don't care, but I was going to see if you knew because then you could tell me, but I will not waste my time looking up because obviously I could figure it out and find out if I wanted to. I and think look, it's fan votes, by the way. No, it's not. It's like a committee or something. Okay. But maybe you're right. I don't know. I had a lot of conviction on that one, and I'm hoping I'm right, but I might be wrong <laughs> on that one. We'll put it out to the audience. All you haters out there, if you know how the Grammys work, you can go ahead and let me know. I really don't care, but you can still <laughs> let me know. It's fine. That's a great public service announcement you just made. I don't care. I want you guys to do this favor for me. Now, I don't care how it turns out. Oh, no, out, no. I, I, appreciate, don't mind. I appreciate them doing it. <laughs> I don't appreciate the Grammys. But okay. before we get to the story we were going to talk about, I did go ahead and I looked up what you were probably super excited about. Yes. So best pop duo slash group performance went to yes. no other than who, Jackson? 21 Pilots. <laughs> Them. Damn straight, son. And the people in the category were the Chainsmokers, Lucas, Graham, Rihanna, and Sia. I mean, I know Rihanna and I know Sia. I have no idea how they perform. <laughs> so I don't really care. But it does show that they are a pop band. So we probably shouldn't even be talking about them on the show. Ian, you could think of 25 million reasons why we shouldn't be talking about them on the show. <laughs> Their music. That's just one of them. No, stop. Enough. Enough. I will They're say. a great band, and they won a Grammy, and they did what you're supposed to do at the Grammys. Take your pants off and jacket? Yep. Not take it seriously. It's just <laughs> and a award show. That is fine. I am completely fine with that. And look, the other thing, too, is I do know that they work hard. So. Oh, look at that. Progress. I mean, they actually play instruments sometimes and stuff. Every time, but okay. Is it every time, really? I don't know. I've heard a lot of their stuff. It sounds they more only, electronic. No, they only play instruments. Really? That's surprising. Well, of course, there's the electronics that, you know, that they do, but I mean, they play about five different instruments. Well, then there is talent there, so I and will give them two that. people. Hence the duo. I will, hey. <laughs> I will give them that so we can move on from them and never mention them again. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> What I'd also like to mention is the fucking best metal performance category. The nominees were Shock Me by Baroness, Silvera by Gojira, Rotting in Vain by Korn, and The Price is Wrong by Periphery. And the winner of that was none of them. It was Dystopia by Megadeth. Yeah. It just feels to me like they just picked a band that they knew. I, I could see that. Because nothing against Megadeth. They've been around for a really long time doing their thing, which is fine. But there's no way. First of all, I don't even know how these people got nominated. But why wouldn't you give this award to an up-and-coming band like Periphery? That's honestly who I thought would win that category. 
but they don't know right. them. See, that's the thing. If it yeah. was fan votes, I bet you that would have been a winner. You know what I mean? People right. would have been marketing for them, and every single label would have been talking about, you know, hey, go vote for this, go vote for right. that. Right, they're a hot band right now. And they put the work in. If you notice what Periphery releases, like a double album every six months. <laughs> yeah, they're, they are insane workers and very talented. Yeah. They don't just put out shit. Exactly, very talented. So that's the thing. When I look at this, it's like it's a complete disservice to metal and the genre in general. And then, if I'm not mistaken, from the article I read, they even played Metallica music when Megadeth won. <laughs> oh, that's not surprising. I, I, I didn't know that, but that's funny. Just fucking ridiculous, man. So we can certainly... Yeah, we can move on from that to the real story, I guess, the one that many people talked about. Now, you wouldn't know that Metallica was actually playing because the person who announced them did not announce them. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was really upset about that. Which is, once again, another shot at our scene. Our scene should not be part of the Grammys. There's no reason for it whatsoever because they don't care about it. So why would anyone want to be a part of it? No one should go. No one should support them whatsoever. Yeah, especially after that. I mean, it, it was just a mess. We'll go on basically. and tell the rest of the things that happened. All right. So Laverne Cox comes out and says, all right, guys, we got Ooh. a badass line, <laughs> a lineup coming out. All right. So next up is Lady Gaga performing. And obviously she was performing with Metallica, but they just announced Lady Gaga. So... Cool. I'm excited. First of all, I like Lady Gaga. Second of all, I love Metallica. Boom. I thought it was going to be really entertaining to watch. Boom. What the fuck happens when the music comes on? Lady Gaga singing. James Hetfield puts his mouth against the mic to sing. And what the fuck happens? They don't even have his mic on. Same with Lars, too. Because isn't yeah. Lars supposed to start singing first? Yeah. And they're playing um, like M- M- Moth to Flame. Uh, it was off the new album, off the Hardwired album, yep. which I actually liked this song. And, and like they didn't just One of pick up. A generic Metallica song. They picked a fucking heavy hitting metal song to play at the show. The first minute and a half of the song was just Lady Gaga till James ended up having to go to her mic and they had to share the mic, which, you know, obviously you're not going to hear him as much. You mainly heard just Lady Gaga over the whole thing. And Ty brought up a good point. It's something that Rob and I talked about last week. They had canceled that major tour that was supposed to be in Copenhagen because Mm -hmm. James is supposed to be resting his voice. I guess technically he rested his voice because no one could hear him. But still, he was trying to sing and all the mics didn't work except for Lady Gaga's. Which is a shame. Uh, Well, they ended up fixing it, but still, it did belittle the whole performance. You know, going from not even announcing them and then not even having their mic on for half the song and then turning it on near the end. It's just like, are you kidding me? Right. And here's my deal with this. I, as you know, and most of the audience probably knows if they listen to the show, I am a mark for covers. Oh, God, here we go. You know know. know know. I'm a big fan. So I had no problem with Lady Gaga, you know, singing with Metallica. That's completely fine. I don't care. What I do care about is... The way that they set it up where she was pretending to be a rocker. And you can tell when people have never rocked out before. You can tell that first person that goes to a show and doesn't know how to mosh or bang their head. You can tell that stuff. 
That's Lady Gaga and every person on that stage except for Metallica. Because did you notice all the background quote-unquote dancers? Mm -hmm. They were all jumping around and pretending like they were at a rock show, but none of them have ever been. So they don't know what to do. And then Lady Gaga pretends to stage dive. It was awful the way she did it. So to me, this whole entire fiasco to me was on par with like, like if you like hip hop and rap, you probably hate it when they do like a rapping granny. Yeah. Like that's what this felt like to me was that they were just making fun of metal and rock. I'll be honest with you. I somewhat enjoyed the act. Well, but then again, this is coming from a pretty big Lady Gaga fan, so my opinion might be a little biased. I mean, look, she knows how to shake her hips, that's for sure, but she doesn't know how to rock. Ooh, yeah. She you certainly sure doesn't know how to rock. Eh, she rocks in her own way. I don't think so. <laughs> I just thought it was awful. Hater. I don't care. I'm pointing out why. Like, it's not like I just didn't like it. There are reasons why I didn't like it. And that's what I'm so surprised about. I'm so surprised that people in our scene have been like, oh, wow, that was great, you know, barring the malfunctions and stuff. But do people not watch for that stuff? Because it really did seem to me like they were just making fun of what we love. It could have been better. But, I mean, to be honest with you, at the same time, none of the other performances were that good anyways besides Katy Perry's was the only one that was properly choreographed is that the word choreographed would be the word i had no idea that katie perry was on the show yeah <laughs> did you really watch the grammys i was switching back between elimination chamber and the grammys yes okay all right obviously i didn't watch a second of it except for you know the whole metallica lady gaga thing but i didn't watch any of that shit i did <sighs> well stop hey, keeping them in business man you gotta have something to make fun of yeah but you're not making fun of it <laughs> well it's because i don't want to seem like a negative nelly How about oh that? shut up <laughs> this show is about defending the scene no yeah I, I i i agree with everything you said ian i'm just fucking with you i know it's but okay i like lady gaga so that's still and weird. i've said that before on the show you that's have well i remember thing. ty talking about how like attractive she is and i'm like what are you talking about Ty, that's what right. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you can go ahead, Ty, and you can text me about how hot she is. She is not. Yes, she is. No. <laughs> yes, no. she is. No. I told you she was able to move her hips a little bit, but that does not make her attractive. It helps. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and I oh just don't gosh. behold said beauty. Don't. Don't do not do all that. <laughs> don't do all that. Don't do all that. I'm Unnecessary. Just exp- I'm exp- I don't know. Being nicer beauty than just... the eye of the beholder. Yeah, it's nicer than saying that it's just me who doesn't find her attractive. All right, well, look, we'll leave this in the dust. Like, hopefully, our scene leaves the Grammys in the dust. And I hope everyone just, like, pulls their music from the Grammys and we never have to deal with this stupid shit again. Hey, Adele killed it. No, she didn't. (laughs) Stop lying to everybody. You don't like Adele? Of course not. I'll play a bunch of covers of her songs that are better. Ice Nine Kills, someone like you. Ice Nine Kills, Our Last Night, Cole Rowland and Lauren Babick. See, they cover good music. No, they made it good. Okay, but they covered it because they want to cover a good song. They're not going to cover a shitty song to make it good. But that's what people should do, and that's why I like covers. (laughs) That's why I like covers is because normally, even though we're going to talk about one later where both versions are good, most of the time, 
it's shit that I hate that they make good. I use covers as a way to show my music to people who don't listen to my music. That's that's my main use of covers. No, Yours I understand is that. To turn shady music into good music. Yeah, we all have a reason. So, all right. Well, we'll leave that in the past. I fucking hate the Grammys. Fuck you. <laughs> hashtag Damn. hashtag not my Grammys. I sound like some CJ would say, "I don't like it." Fuck you. We're moving on. Bam. Fuck yeah. So, unfortunately, a sadder story. Kitty's bassist Tris Doan. D-O-A-N, in case I said it incorrectly. She died at the age of 31. She's the replacement bassist that I believe started in 2005. And from what I could see, there wasn't any information on how or why she passed away. But that's obviously really young. Yeah, no, it really is a shame to hear and Sucks when the scene loses one, and especially at such a young age when it clearly wasn't their time, but these kind of things happen, just adding to the list in the year. The way, I think, to respect a little bit is to tell a good story about Kitty for anyone who is unaware of them. So Kitty is an all-female band, and I would say they're in the, you know, metal, alternative rock, like harder rock kind of genre. And my personal story for them, now I stopped listening to them before she joined the band, but I started with them at a very young age. I remember specifically purchasing their first album called Spit. I think it came out in like 2000. And I was very young and my mom had driven me to the CD store at the time. I don't remember where, but I had picked it up and it had like the warning explicit content and I made the mistake of putting it on in the car. You nub. Yeah, I was young. I didn't understand things. <laughs> and she took the album, and I still remember she read off some of the tracks. And these were the tracks. Spit, suck, do you think I'm a whore? Oh, yeah. And then the, thing. <laughs> the biggest one, the biggest one that really got her was, get off, you can eat a dick. <laughs> you poor mother's eyes. But to me, they were the first intro to a band that had all females. Because before them, at a young age, I started with Baruch Assault. But Baruch Assault is not metal. They are rock. Right. And it's still there are men in the band as well. This is the first time I'd seen women that I was attracted to that had piercings and tattoos and were playing Uh-oh. instruments. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> I fell in love with Mercedes, the drummer. You can look up old pictures. I definitely fell in love. There's no doubt about it. That's why I picked up the album in the first place. Oh, gosh. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm a young kid, and these are hot What's girls playing instruments and fucking tattoos and all that shit. <laughs> I'm just picturing little Ian right now looking at the CD just like, oh, man, I needed this. Yeah, man. That's how, and then I was pissed at my mom for taking the album. What the hell, mom? Seriously. But that was my introduction to Kitty. But then also, for anyone who doesn't know them, go ahead and look up the track Charlotte off of the album Spit. I think that's a really, really great track. I don't think they're making music anymore. I could be incorrect about that, but they've been around for a long time. Very possible, but to be honest, I'm not sure either. You're going to have to check him out, Jackson. That's your homework. Oh, I will, especially after all this. I figured I'd tell a nice story, you know, since something depressing happened. Oh, look at Ian. 
Ian can be cool. I'm a sentimental person, you know? Sentimental. Sentimental. I'm a sentimental opioids. person. Opioids. Opioids. Hashtag opioids. Hashtag opioids. If you've made it this far into the episode, tweet at Ian Hates Podcast. Hashtag opioids. Do it now. And that has nothing to do, by the way, with the story we just talked about. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> For anyone who listens out of context, nothing to do with the story. Go back to a previous story <laughs> and you'll understand where that came from. Just as a oh, note. Shit. Imagine just get, turning on the podcast and fast forwarding just to hear what we're all about. And then you got this one kid. Hey, opioids, opioids, tweet us, opioids. What the fuck kind of podcast is this? Well, I think people say that anyway. All right. On that note, it's time to go on to new songs. We got a lot of stuff to go over. So why don't you take this first track? All right. So Josta released a song called Chasing Demons featuring Howard Jones. Uh, I'm sure you know him. He used to be in Kill Switch Engage. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard that band before. Kind of, but not really. Yeah, they, they, they've done some things. Yeah, other than that, this song was actually really good. But I wasn't a huge, huge fan of Josta's part too much throughout the song. To be quite to me, honest, the highlight yeah. of, of you know the whole entire track was um, Howard Jones. Yeah, that was the same for me too. It sounds a lot like Five Finger Death Punch until Howard shows up, and then it kind of rocks. But I'm also a mark for Howard Jones, so maybe that doesn't count. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. But I mean, no, the the song like. To me, the thing was, is that musically, like instrumentally, the song was amazing full and throughout. And then Howard Jones parts, because he doesn't just have like one part in it. He's the chorus and he kills it every time. I mean, his parts are really, really good. And I mean, I hate to say it, but Josta's vocals in this song particularly were not that good. At least to me, they weren't. No, I gotcha. And I can't even pull it up right now. So we're not going to listen to any of it. Yeah, and to anyone who doesn't know, which I'm sure you already did, Justice from Hatebreed. So, boom. Yeah. And he's been doing podcasting for a really long time, too. That he has. So that's always, I mean, I have nothing against Josta. It's just, I think in this track, in Chasing Demons, Howard Jones is a standout. Yep, I agree. All right, man. So let's go on to Restless Streets with In Vogue, In Space Vogue just to put that out there for right now but for now before we talk about the meaning behind this track let's play a little bit of it Ooh, oh man, Jackson, it's a little hot in here. <laughs> Shots fucking fired. 
Now, look, I did not understand what that was about originally. Of course. Until you look at the title, and then the first comment on the YouTube video is from Nick of In Vogue. Yep. As in In Vogue Records. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't know, before we get into this, Jackson, have you heard of Restless Streets before? No, I've never heard of them in my whole entire life. I also haven't, but because they're pretty good at getting some marketing and publicity now, I do yeah. know, and I did go back, they have an album that came out in 2013 called Sincerely, or Sincerely, however, it depends on what side of the country you're from. It's not bad, it's like that. So if you like that kind of, you know, kind of electric core, metal core with the back and forth vocals, which you know I do, you know, it's not a bad album. But apparently it did not do well through In Vogue. And the question is, whose quote unquote fault is that? Right. And that's what this song is saying. If you listen to some of the lyrics, they are pretty specific about moving on and they want to punch assuming it's Nick in the face for not promoting or not doing well with their band. This is all alleged, obviously. That line was funny. I would like to read Nick's entire statement, but it is so long. So I'm just going to paraphrase. And basically, he was extremely shocked that they even came out and did this song. He took it very personally. He made sure to say that the guys in the band were great guys and that he never thought that they were upset. I guess what had happened was they put out that album in 2013, and then because it didn't do well, and I believe he even says, I think an exact quote is, they only sold 203 copies in four years. Which That is poopy. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's pretty low in normal standards, I would say. And I guess they had an option for the second album, and I guess he didn't pick it up. Now, it seems that they're blaming him for not promoting correctly, whatever it happens to be, not being behind the band, but he seems to be assuring people that he was, and he is very disappointed that this didn't work out and that they would take this shot at him because he is saying that you know he goes ahead and he puts everything into the bands that he works with, and he puts his own money into those bands to have them do well. It's never for a band to do poorly. And that makes total sense to me. What I like to go by is past experiences and bands that I have talked to on this show specifically have talked about how great Nick is. So it's hard for me sometimes to automatically assume that Restless Streets are correct on this. Now, we do know a lot of stories about how labels have fucked over bands. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But Nick from In Vogue is someone that I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah, I completely agree. In Vogue is actually one of the labels that have a really good um, rap behind their name. So to hear something like this about In Vogue is shocking, like Nick said. And I think the way he worded his his um, his statement was also very professionally done. Yes. And I, I know Ty agrees with me, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are taking that shot. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. and And you know what? As a big label and a successful label with great bands, they're just going to take this, fuck it, throw it under the rug. You know, they said what they had to say, and that's it. But here's the thing. If you're only selling allegedly 203 copies in four years, plus I also read something somewhere else, I don't remember, so don't quote me on this, that they also weren't even touring. 
which is something that is usually in the decision of the band. They said they were, they claimed they were never available for tours and things like that. Hey, if Jackson, the band isn't going to put in... Jackson, breaking up? news. I just heard that a Jackson was quoted as saying that Restless Streets never toured. Did you hear that? No, shut the hell up. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Where is this going? <laughs> Go ahead, no, good sir. Mr. Fan, who likes to quote things when people say stuff. Um <laughs> That they didn't tour as much as necessary. And look, if you're putting in this money into a band that you want to see grow, and if they're not putting in the same work as you, of course you're going to cut them off. Now, right. if the band can take that as a grown-up or not, is up to them. Or they could spend money and make a song about it, become uh, suddenly relevant again for a couple weeks or so, and then they get brushed under the rug again if they're going to keep applying the same work that they were before. Yeah, I mean, this is probably their biggest track to date, I would assume. Yeah, I've never heard of them until they made fun of a big label. Yeah, and look... how that works. Nick also ended his comment very strongly, too. He said, hey, he's an open book, and if anyone would like to talk to him, you can email him, too. So he put that on the YouTube thing, so he's not afraid of talking to people about this. It would have been much better if the band had talked to him most likely, but maybe this is just how they feel and this is what they wanted to get out there. So, yeah, it worked for them, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll see how far that gets them. Yeah, uh, I don't... To be honest, I don't think that we'll be hearing too much from them anymore. Why? You know, and especially this is probably also a big red flag for other record labels. Exactly. That's how they wanted to do this. Yep. So, nope, I whatever. totally agree with you. I hope it goes good. <laughs> there you go. You heard it. If you like it, that's Restless Streets with In space vogue i want to say the space in between because (laughs) they that's what they had to do they couldn't put in vogue completely like in vogue records does so right in space vogue so ian it lives it breathes released a new song it was a chuck berry cover called johnny be good indeed indeed and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't like the song what but I had a feeling that was going to happen. You're a I don't crazy know. I, person. I was listening to it, and I was like, I just don't like this. All right, well, you know, before you taint everyone else's judgment, I'm going to play yeah, a little God. bit of it, okay? Whatever. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you weren't like dancing all around. Like I was just, I couldn't stop moving my shoulders, man. Uh, it's just not my type of thing, I guess. It's, it's just me. Well, here's what I'll say to this really quick. So, I like it lives at Breeze already. 
You know, they had their album Silver Knights that came out in 2015. You know, they're an electric core band. And I think Mm -hmm. this is what I like about it is, you know, we played the beginning because how do you not play that intro guitar? I mean, first of all, I love that track, not only because it's great, but because it reminds me of Back to the Future, which it should for most people. You know what I mean? Right. So that's one thing. But then also the rest of the song does not change from that. It doesn't all of a sudden go into a breakdown where they play a bunch of electronic stuff and then start screaming. Like, that's not what this track is. This is one of those, what's the word for it? It's like a, it's a dedication cover. Gotcha. You know what I mean? They're not necessarily making it their own. They're just adding that little something extra that they enjoy. So that's why this is different from other cover tracks. And that's what I also like about it. It doesn't take away from that original track. It just gives it something a little extra. I mean, they even kept the piano in there. It's like reskinned, basically. But they did all the instrumentation themselves, too. So they're mm-hmm. doing all of that. And I just think it works really well. Like, I can't help but dance a little bit to that track. I really like it. Oh, gosh. It's true, man. And I'm a good dancer, too. Look. He's dancing fool. Oh, no. I wish everyone could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the shoulder shuffle. The shoulder shuffle, the yeah. Ian, sh- the Ian shuffle. It might not be everyone's thing, but just a warning: there is something coming up in Breakdown from the Past that will link to this band. Oh shit! So get ready for that. But I would say check this out. It lives, it breathes. Johnny, be good. They also, I believe, are doing two more covers this month. So we'll most likely talk about those two, and maybe Jackson, maybe you'll get on board with one of those. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Hyping me up. No problem at all. Let's go on to this next one because I think we're going to have some comments about this. Oh, yeah. Okay. All That Remains have released two brand new tracks from their upcoming album that's coming out in the spring. One is called Safe House. The other is called Madness. So I'm going to play a clip of Safe House. We'll talk about that. Then we'll play a clip of Madness and we'll talk about that. Shoot, Jackson. <laughs> Man, it's so generic. I don't know. I, I really don't like it. I like that track better than Madness, but we haven't played that yet. <laughs> Musically, I'm a little fine with that one. I don't like the lyrical content. I think yeah. saying, welcome to the safe house, this is our safe house. Or, <laughs> welcome to the safe house, this is safe house. Like, <laughs> It's just, I don't know. It doesn't work for me, but let's play Madness, and I think you'll see what we're talking about with this one. Madness. Madness. 
enough of that. Jackson, <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can you tell me what the title of that track was? I forget. The Sadness? Okay. Um, uh, badness? Badness? <laughs> it was Badness. <laughs> I think we even said it off air pretty much, but this is a band that has completely lost their identity. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, we kind of have the opposite on here. I actually like Madness more than Safe House. Oh, really? <laughs> But to me, they're still both like not good songs. I I just prefer Madness over Safe House. Wow. Like, to me, Safe House just sounds like a like a backyard starting metalcore band. I got a little tired of hearing the Safe House, Safe House, Safe House. It, it's just b- b- bad, man. Wait, but so going Madness, Madness, like but that's see, better. See, they're both bad. Well, that's what I'm just saying. <laughs> But I want to do my impression, so I thought We're that worked out well. justifying the badness of each one. Oh, I forgot. Badness, not madness. But Yes, badness. Madness sounds like a five-finger death punch. Hey, I like five-finger death punch. Yeah, so. I don't understand that. You don't understand me. That's not true. That is not <laughs> true, man. Come on, it's Valentine's Day. I know. I can't believe I did that. You're Jeez. right. <laughs> Wasn't the lead singer of All That Remains, didn't he go out? And cover for Five Finger Death Punch when all that shit went down with their singer. Yeah, he couldn't. He just had to bring the identity back to them. He's like, hey man, I tried this one thing. I was Five Finger Death Punch. You know, I I think we should adapt to that. You know, make a song called Madness. Yeah, badness. Be really popular. I mean, that's the thing. If this gets them where they want to go, but fuck, man, I don't see how that's gonna work for them. And Ty said they sound like motionless and white. I don't hear that whatsoever. Motionless and White's a pretty good band. Pretty fucking good band. But I did like his line, though. R.I.P. All That Remains. What has become of you? Hashtag the fall of ideals. Damn. But by the way, I think he meant hashtag the fall of idols. <laughs> Not ideals. We'll go with ideals. Yeah, we'll go with ideals. <laughs> but I think it was idols. But yeah, man, look. If that's what you like and you know, we'll see what the album comes out to be but i haven't liked all that remains probably since overcome yeah same here I, I, they've been just going down a slope for quite some time now i mean we honestly we probably weren't even expecting much i wasn't and that's why i was at least okay with safe house tiny bit like i'll never listen to that track again but <laughs> you know we have no problem talking about it and putting it out there for everyone yeah oh well what are you going to do, Jackson? What are you going to do? We just won't be going to see All That Remains Live, you know? Darn. But we do have good songs to cover, Ian. Yes, we do. Did you know that? We do that from time to time. From time to time. Yeah, so Charlatan released a new song called The Sick Nasty. And, <laughs> The Sick Nasty, yes. And they announced that their new album, Remarkable, is coming out on April 7th through Revival Recordings, and you can pre-order a bundle or whatnot right now. A bundle or whatnot. Maybe you, know. you just want the album. Maybe yeah, you just or, or want a t-shirt. Yeah, or whatnot. <laughs> it's a damn good song, Ian. Please show the lovely listeners. Will do.
way she breathes a little deeper dirty now But she tried to keep her fingers to herself Just just looking for some strength Of a summer day in the days Of your camel cigarette is cherry pie We're in love We're in love and it sucks We're in Perfect Valentine's Day song, buddy. No, oh, shucks. We're in love. We're in love, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love their fucking lyrics, man, and they're so catchy. Every fucking song. Do you know what the chorus lyrics are? Yes. I want to read them for everyone. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because I heard the specific words, and I was like, "Wait a second, what are they saying?" So I looked it up. They're saying, "What do you want me to say?" It was fun. You know me, I'll try anything once. If being happy is gay, I'm queer as fuck, and I mean it. <laughs> they're lyrics, man. They have no boundaries. No, they're crazy as fuck. They really are. Yes, they, and their music videos are always good, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't wait for this album. And just another successful rival recordings pickup. Yep. It's going to be a crazy album, that's for sure. And yeah, they just continued on that trend because, yeah, hearing Bone Dance as their first track, you're like, well, you know, maybe that's just their weird track and everything else is going to be, you know, same old, same old. And then you hear this one, the Stay Sick, and you're like, oh, no, this is who they are. This is what they are. They're continuing on. Yep, this is just them. And this is what their album is going to be like. And I'm really excited for it. Me too. So once again, that's the Sick Nasty The band is Charlatan, and their brand new album, Remarkable, comes out on April 7th through Revival Recordings. Pick up your merch bundles, or whatnot. Or whatnot. Now. So now this isn't really, truly a single, I guess, (laughs) necessarily. But for all the hack jokes that people make on social media about Donald Trump, because he makes it so easy, and we talked about this on the show this is something pretty damn original that was done with his tweets. So, Jackson, fill people in on what this is. Okay, so Donald Trump is obviously a, um, well, I don't want to go into details on what I think about him. So I'll, I'll, I'll make it a little more um, safe wordish. So he tweets a lot, okay? so By the band, way, this isn't a safe show, just to let everyone know that. Well, yeah, I just don't want to go on a rant about Trump when I, that's the last true, true. thing I want to do on my fucking episode back. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> um, so he tweets a lot, and I'm sure everybody knows that. Very controversial. But a one band decided to make something productive out of his tweets. So they got every single one of the tweets from the day he became president to now, and they're literally singing off the tweets in an, like an emo cover song-esque kind of feel and i mean you have to see the music video and ian will play the song for you in a bit and it is just humorous but you have to look up the video as well it's not just the song yes you have to look up the video we're not going to play the whole track but just so you can hear the cadence that the person is using and just imagine they aren't adding any extra words they're just reading off of his tweets but they're doing it in a way that sounds like early 2000s emo yep Presidential election Now professional protesters Decided by the media Are protesting Very unfair 
Had to stop it there, even though I did want to play when they did the SNL tweet. Because I still think that's the only thing that he's right about. How dare you say he's right about anything? SNL fucking blows. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, man, that whole thing is just, what a genius thing to do. And what band to you does that sound like? Fuck, I can't. When I heard it, I was thinking of so many different bands, but well, that's I can't what I mean. put my finger on it. I think everyone has a band. When they were to hear that, they would be like, oh yeah, that band. For me, that sounds a lot like Senses Fail. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. I'm saying they like picked a great... Not only did they have you know the little breakdown part, they had the drum fill, different changes in tempo. It just works so perfectly. Yeah, see, that was part of how funny it was, just how, like, perfect they executed this, you know what I mean? Like, you would think it would sound shitty, but they actually made it sound really good. And again, if you haven't seen the video, please watch the video. Just look up Donald Trump early 2000s emo song, and you should be able to find it on YouTube there. But we're going to end out new songs with an actual track, and this track is from the band Mayfield. It's called Corroding. And their new full-length album is coming soon on Dream Band. The tough part I had about this was, Jackson, I don't know about you, but when we're looking for new music and we're trying to play new tracks and talk about you know, new signings and all that kind of stuff, you start to notice how many bands have the exact same name as other bands. Yeah. And Mayfield is one of them. So I thought this was a completely different band until I was <laughs> able to find the actual track. So let's take a listen to Corroding. I like it, man. Yeah, I do too. And does it to you sound like uh, counterparts? 
a little bit. Yeah, I agree. To me, the instrumental, mm-hmm. not so much the lyrics. Not as to much. Me, no. Yeah, to me, the the instrumental sounds almost exactly like counterparts, but they they do sound really good. I'm actually really excited for whatever full length they're releasing soon because I really enjoyed that track thoroughly, and the music video is nice too to look at. Yeah, it's like melodic hardcore with some almost like punk overtones as well, especially with the not really clean vocals that they were doing in the chorus. Sounds like right. Knock Loose meets a melodic hardcore band. <laughs> Good old Knock Loose. So I, I am looking forward to that. So yeah, that is Mayfield with Corroding, and their new album is going to be coming soon on Dreambound. Dreambound. We are all done with new songs. Wow. It seems like we have gone over a ton of stuff, and we're nowhere even close to being done. Yeah, we still got quite some time. So let's get on with it. Let's go to concert reviews. Yes, if you're new to the show, you don't understand why that's the bumper <laughs> to go into that. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I know you were enjoying yourself, and that's the whole point. So let's get to concert reviews. Jackson, you don't have anything this week, right? No, sir. So that's all to me then. I went and I saw the Lifeline tour, and that was Assuming We Survive, Islander, Wage War, and I Prevail. Damn. So it was nice. I got to see it in a small venue in Boston. They start out the night very well with Assuming We Survive. They always do a great job. If people haven't heard of them, they're easy core is probably the best way to describe them. They're very fun, easy to rock out to, and they get the crowd really going. I thought what was also pretty cool anyways was that a girl in the crowd, I guess, got knocked pretty loopy. And I don't know who did it or what, if it was on purpose or if it's just you know basic crowd stuff. But the lead singer of Assuming We Survive went to the back and stayed with her for like an extended period of time to make sure that she was okay. And I thought that was really cool. That is cool. It's good to see that kind of thing, you know, not be above the fans and all that kind of stuff and really help out when you can, you know? Yeah, no, and especially, you know, it also helps, you know, a band with just their image, period. And, you know, it just makes you feel good about what you're listening to. And that's what I'm here to do, man. Spread all this great love around the scene, you know? So yeah, I would definitely recommend if you see Assuming We Survive on a tour coming around, you should definitely go check them out because they are a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Next up was new metal band Islander. Now, Jackson, have you ever heard of Islander? I've heard of them, but I've actually never listened to them. I'm not going to recommend it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be a dick. No, you should check them out and see if they're your style. For me... They reminded me a lot of, like, P.O.D. Ooh, okay. So if that's your thing, then, you know, hey, you know, knock yourself out. I wasn't really a fan. They seem like nice enough guys, but it was one of those new metal revival bands where they had the sound down, but not the type of new metal that I liked even back in that day. Gotcha. Not really my style. I think they did okay with the crowd. The crowd was really hot that night. And I'll get to why that is when we get to I Prevail. But then 
it was wage war and wage war was who I was really there for. I had seen Assuming We Survive, I'd seen Wage War, I've seen I Prevail before, but I was really there for Wage War because to see them in a small venue like that, that was the reason, you know. And they're just the kings of breakdowns and bass drops. They're so fucking good. They really are. And it's constant. Like, it's constant jumping up and down and banging your head because that's all you can do the whole entire time. And what I thought was... Probably the most interesting part, they announced that they are done recording their second album and they played a brand new track called Witness, which was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I had not heard any news about that. So I have no idea if I missed it before or if this is just, you know, it's a new tour. So that's where they're announcing it. But they did say they are done with the second album and they are playing a new track. So. That is badass. Man, I, I can't wait to go. To, oh, hopefully I get to go to that tour. I, I really am most excited for Wage War, just like you were. No, for sure. And I think the reason why, and really there's nothing else that, you know, they had a couple mic problems at the beginning, but also this was the second date on that tour. So they're still mm-hmm. working all the kinks out of everything. Right. But all in all, they still did a great job. And then I Prevail came on. Now, this is what's weird to me. They have such a weird mix. And I talked about this before when I saw I Prevail Live. They have a very weird mix of audience. It's frat guys and 16-year-old girls. Uh, Okay. It really is. Have you seen I Prevail Live before? I've never seen them live before. Hopefully, I'll be seeing them on this tour. Well, then you can tell me if it's different in Dallas. But every time that I've seen them in Boston, that's the mix of crowd they have. I can see that, though. Because I can see a lot of the fans that they gained from a Taylor Swift cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then yeah. a lot of the fans they gained just from being a badass band in our scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're a good band. Like I'm not going to say anything bad about them. I'm just surprised that people lock on so much. Like literally, there were guys with their shirts off that were on each other's shoulders, you oh, know, gosh. banging their fists in the air for them and i haven't seen that for a long time and it's just the weirdest venue to be doing that and the weirdest band to be doing that too i don't know maybe i'm wrong i've never heard that either no i don't think you're wrong i've i I mean i'm never a lot of shows and if you've rarely (laughs) seen that and i've never seen that and we're in two different you know parts of the united states i mean it's a little weird it sounded odd when you were even saying it it's like oh okay i mean an outdoor show you know, you can see people take off their shirts or whatever and they're in the the pit and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess the problem is you see it with a lot of jock rock bands now. Like when I saw, and I can't believe I would even call them this, but this is what they've turned into. Like I saw the used. And if you go to a used concert now, you see those guys in the pit that that's all they're there for is to hit people, to crowd kill. And yeah. they take off their shirts and they're stupid frat guys. That's what they are. Man, that that really is disgusting to see that, to be honest with you. I mean, it just makes you upset when you look at it, you know? Yeah, and I'm not saying that these guys were crowd-killing. I don't think that they were. So that's at least something here. But it's just, it's a strange mix of people, and they all know every single word. And you can tell I Prevail does not want to play Blank Space anymore. Oh, they do? Oh, they do. Yes, they absolutely do. They have moved it in their rotation where I think the last time I saw them, they played it way closer to the end, like almost as their closing track. Now they play it in the middle. 
I'm surprised they even played. I didn't even know they ever played it live. I thought that was just, you know, a single that they released and bam. No, every single date they do it. It's the song wow. that made them what they are. Yeah, it is true. They, I mean, I they owe everything to that song. Because of it. <laughs> but before they did that, they did some weird skit. They often, they remind me of trying to be like Blink-182 when they're on stage. They set up weird skits, little stories and stuff that they try and get comedic effect from. And it works for their fans because their fans eat it up. And they did a skit kind of thing where the clean vocalist left the stage and took a break. And then the unclean vocalist and the rest of the band stayed. And they were talking to the guitarist who also sings. And you'll probably see that if you see him live. They Technically, it's almost like they have three singers. And he was wearing a Golden State Warriors jersey, which automatically made me not like yeah. him. But yeah, yeah, bandwagon jumper, of course. He did this whole story where they were like, oh, it's Valentine's Day and we all have significant others except for him. And then they would talk like, oh, yeah, man, it's so complicated. And then he started to play Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Oh, gosh. And they would do two verses of that and then they would stop and the whole crowd's completely into it. They go, well, yeah, but it wasn't really just complicated. Like she, she really had feelings that I can describe in the song and then they went into she fucking hates me by polo mud (laughs) and then everyone sang along with that i forget what the transition was for the third song but they went into let the bodies hit the floor by Hmm. drowning pool (laughs) so for someone like you that was a little bit like ah come on guys yeah that's the thing like i understand they wanted to do a medley and they wanted to do something relatively unique for it. So I give them credit for that. But it was just like, just play the medley, man. Like, you don't have to go through all this stuff. Why does the clean vocalist still need a break? Like, it was a pretty right. long break for that. You and then see through that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Then he comes out, they do blank space, and then they continue on with the show. They play for about an hour and ten, maybe somewhere around there. It's a good time. Yeah, it's not bad for an album and an EP, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, the crowd ate it up. Like I said on the show before, they are a live band. That's where they thrive. That's where they make their music for. It works very well live. It works very well with their fans. Well, I hope I get to see them live, you know, on this tour especially, because seeing Wage War and I Prevail back to back just sounds like amazing to me. Yeah, you can let me know how you feel about it too. I like I Prevail. I mean, we've talked about that before. I haven't listened to the album that much since it came out. Mm-hmm. But they do well live. And I'm just surprised at how much they have caught on. Like, they are the big band in the scene. They talked about how, you know, one of their inspirational speeches that they do in the show is the clean vocalist is like, I used to two years ago, and it's literally two years ago. He goes, two years ago, I used to deliver pizzas. And look at me now. You can do this too. Just, you know, go for your dreams and stuff. But they are one of those bands now, I'm sure, that does not have to go home and do side jobs. I agree. Which is crazy because there's only a handful of bands in the scene that can do that. I think they're already even on tour buses. Yeah, I saw a tour bus there. Yeah, and and that is insane for a band that was just two years ago starting up. Just that alone. I mean, affording a tour bus is kind of like, to me, when you can see that a band can officially live you know, off of just making the music. Right. 
but that's good for them. They they deserve yeah, it. They're a really good band. Yeah, good for them for working hard. Yeah, I just it's just so weird to me to see the type of crowd that they get. That's that's more the fascination that I have with them. Yeah, and they actually just recently their album just hit number one on iTunes on the rock charts. Now this just happened about two or three days ago, and that is insane. This isn't a new release. They are officially at the head of every rock album. It's because and- they get played every 12 minutes on XM radio. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. this is a band from our scene. We've never seen anything like this before. And that's why Bring me the you know, maybe the fan reception is so... And not the fan reception. Like, the mixture of fans is so different. True. I can just tell you this. I cannot stand Stuck in Your Head. Really? I can't stand that song. And that's the song that's giving them all the popularity. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. I really like that song. That's crazy. I like other tracks on that album. I just don't like that one. Have you never liked it or that just happened now? I think I might have mentioned it on the show that that was their like catchy, poppiest song or something like that. But maybe mm-hmm. I hadn't heard it so many times as I have now. <laughs> which is <laughs> now, now it's fucking stuck in there and you want to get it the it's, fuck out. Jackson, it's stuck in my head. What? What? Look what I did it's there. like they meant for that to happen. Dude, we got this whole duo thing going strong today. <laughs> Setting each other up. It's good. Thank you. It's like alley-oops and whatnots. We're like the 21 pilots of podcasting. Our opioids are connecting. That sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds weird. And on that <laughs> note, let's end it right there. Okay. And I have an upcoming show. Now, this technically isn't a concert, but I am going to the traveling emo night in Boston. Oh, shit. I highly doubt from first to last will be there, but it would be so great if they were. Would you cry? Probably. Maybe like one tear would just, just like, oh. I'd faint, probably. <laughs> but it's okay, because I know Matt Good would tweet me and let me know. Oh, look at that. It's completely fine. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. So, Jackson, do you have anything upcoming? Opioids. Um, no, no, I don't. Not at the moment, I don't. I have more coming up, but... This Saturday is emo night, so that's my next thing. Actually, you know what? Oh, I believe shit. I will be going to the Moose Blood Trophy Eyes Boston Manor show. Nice. That is on the twenty seventh. Very cool. And hopefully the I Prevail show. That is what I really, really want to go to. And that is the twenty sixth. Oh man, that's two shows in a row. I don't know if I'll be able to hit up both of them. Jackson. Ian. What is that rumbling sound that I'm hearing the whole time you're talking? There's a plane. Yeah. Wow. Do you still hear it? Does everyone hear that plane that went by Jackson's house? Well, wow, now people I didn't know. know. You would hear that. I think the audience will hear it. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> well, maybe you will. Well, anyways, let's just briefly talk about a couple of tours because really I didn't see anything that new. Once again, I'm gonna say everyone go ahead and look up your favorite band. Because they're definitely touring right now. But I am not doing that list of like 100 tours. But what I did want to talk to you about really quickly is, did you get your So What tickets? Oh, no, I didn't. But I will be getting them. They're on sale, man. And that looks like a sick lineup. It is a good lineup. I put in my name for a press pass. So we'll see. Ooh. Would you fly down here to go to Mr. So What? Yeah, that's why I put in my name in for a press pass. You would not fly down here. Jackson, are you insane? The things that I do for this show, 
you do realize, right, that this is my life. Like, of course, I would fly down for a three-day awesome festival where I would have a press pass and be able to talk to all the bands, further their music by putting it on the show, and then also further our show. True, but no press pass. Would you fly down here to see the show? I don't know if I can afford that. <laughs> ah, the answer to everything is always money. I put so Ian, much money into this on show. A week vacation, Hawaiian vacation. You know where my Hawaiian vacation money goes to? It goes to this show. <laughs> and that's true. There's the a reason why always... we sound so good and so professional. You do. Oh, come on, man. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> Sorry. I undersell myself to outsell myself. It's a strategy. Don't worry about it. Terrible strategy, man. Pick, Don't worry about pick it. up your game. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> you worry about it? Nope. And on that note, I think we're going to leave this because there are way too many tours to talk about. So we'll see if anything else new comes out in the next week or so, and we'll update everything. But for now, let's go on to our favorite part of the show. Let's get to reviews. Jackson, it is time. It is time. It's review time. Oh, shit. And you missed a not great one last week. Oh, yeah, I know. I seriously think that's why you missed the show. Yeah, I made sure I looked. You know, I was like, man, what, what, what are we even talking about this week? I noticed and I was like, you know what? I think this is my vacation week. <laughs> vacation week? What the fuck? Yeah. When I do I get one of those? Well, Ian, there's perks in being a co-host. You know, like you get to be on the show, but you know, you get to take weeks off, man. I mean, it's it, you should try it sometime. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You've been doing it all wrong this whole time. I guess so. Well, Jackson, at least we are on the heavier side this week. Yes. In fact, because... We were so weak last week. Let's go ahead and let's start off heavy right away. Let's start off with First Blood rules on Pure Noise Records. So Jackson, I think the first question I have for you is, do you think they say the word rules a lot? Well, Ian, see, there's a science behind this. And to me, when it comes to a band like First Blood and they named their album Rules, yeah, I I think they said it quite a bit. Um, I'm not going to go... quite into the mathematical equation that went behind every song but in essence yes they said rules just a little bit just a tiny bit not just just a tiny bit every 10 seconds no 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 oh no Ian. now what about this jackson maybe by naming your album rules and then also you know using it sparingly throughout the album in the lyrics what about the song titles well see i feel like a band like first blood they really targeted their favorite word rules on this specific album. And I don't remember how many tracks there were, but I do remember how many times I saw the word rules. And that was somewhere from 9 to 13. That joke doesn't even make any sense. I'm <laughs> Why sorry. Why did you do it that way? Oh, that was funny. You hate me. Rules is said 12 times. 12 times. So 
every single track in the track title has the word rules for something. So, look, we're making fun of it a little bit. I enjoy this album. This is straight-up, hardcore, beat-down music. It has a political message, obviously. <laughs> not only yeah, can you hear it, not only can you hear it in every lyric, but then also the front of the album art is a cop, you know, about to stomp on someone on the ground. But what I found interesting with this band, because I had heard of them from a long time ago, but certainly haven't listened in forever. This is their third full-length album, and it's their first in seven years. Damn. I think what works for them is they stuck with the political stuff because it's what they used to do in the past. And then also, it's perfect if you're going to go to your local protest or whatever. <laughs> like You can chant almost every single lyric at someone you don't like. And then you can put their lyrics on slogans and stuff that you can carry around on protest signs. So I think it works out very well. I like the way you worded that. You can take this album to your local protest. Everybody <laughs> yeah. has one. Just take it to your local nearest protest and just, just try it out. Absolutely. It's made of breakdowns, call and response, lots of gang vocals. Like you could take any line in this whole album and start a chant at a protest. Yeah. No, I mean, every single song is just directed towards that. Every single song, again, says the word rule mm -hmm. in the track. Rules. Uh. Rules. Uh, yeah. Not with a Z, though. <laughs> that would have been cool. Also, they say rules numerous times through every single song, but it's just a straight up beat down album. I mean, this shit just kicks. Yeah, man. This would be a lot of fun. Like, I would go see a First Blood concert. I'd be scared to see a First Blood concert. <laughs> of course you would. Get kicked in the jaw. You got beat days. up at a Memphis Mayfire concert. No, sh shut up. Ha ha ha. Got beat up at a Devil Wars Prada concert. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Jackson, what track would you like to sample? Rules. <laughs> okay. Fuck the rules. Fuck the rules. First track. Damn straight, I will not be led by fools. <laughs> or rules. Or rules. Fuck the rules. Yeah, man. Fuck the rules. But yeah, like right there, that's a fun fucking song. I don't care what they're singing about. The beat down fucking breakdown. Like, it's a lot of fun. So I did like this album. Just know that it does have a political message, whether you like that or not. You know, you can stay away from it if you don't like it. But in general, I think this is a good album. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's just fun. And I can really see anybody enjoying this live as well. Very true. So once again, I don't know if you got it from the song that we just played. <laughs> but this is First Blood, 
Rules on Pure Noise Records. All right, Ian. Mutiny Within released an album called Origins. Now, this is a self-released album. What do you think of it? So I had to look into the backstory because this is another band that took a fuck long time to put out an album. (laughs) And I forgot that they were on Roadrunner Records. And I guess the way they were talking was like they were going back to record some old demos that they found. And then they ended up just making it an album. And their lead singer had left the band a while back and then came back. So they've Mm. been through a lot. They've certainly been through a lot. And the way I would describe them is power metal mixed with metalcore and Swedish metal. Because they sound like In Flames or Dreamscape with like a little bit of metalcore mixed in from time to time. I, I definitely got the Swedish metal part. That that was the first thing that came to my mind as soon as I started listening to them. And not in a bad way. The The album is actually a very good album, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you know where they're from? I do not. New Jersey. Oh, my God. So a little <laughs> far away from Sweden. But <laughs> yeah, just a bit. But yeah, New Jersey. They went for the epicness from time to time because it is that power metal kind of way yeah. that they're doing it. But I like the mix of the metalcore, unclean vocals with that kind of almost fantasy, epic, soaring, clean vocals. You know what I mean? Right. And of course, their instrumentation was very good too because this type of music, you go in from doing a drum fill right into a solo and then you come right back out and you're in a breakdown. Like They're just going back and forth through all these different types here. Yeah, and and they jam on every single track too. And you know when they go for the epicness, to me, they actually do get it. It really is epic whenever they go for it. And every song to me is actually a good one. Any favorite you would like to play right now? My favorite that I found was Silent Weapons. Jam. Yeah, I think you have to have a respect and a like for this style of music. Mm-hmm. But I think they do a really good job of mixing all of these different genres together. And I really do like this album a lot. Yeah, same here. I recommend it to anybody. Uh, please check this out. Mutiny Within. Album's called Origins. And it is a self-released album, just in case anybody was wondering. All right, man. Next up, we have Unwill. The album is Past Life, and the label is E1 Music slash Lifeblood Inc. What do you think of this one, man? This, to me, was actually my favorite release out of all the albums. It might be for me as well. 
yeah, no, those are really, really good album. There wasn't any, there's not really anything that I can pick from this album that I didn't like. I, I really like the vocal style that Absolutely. they have in the whole, in like every single track and the way that towards like the end of a couple of the songs, he like gets really, really into it and exceeds what he was doing throughout the whole song and makes it even more gut kind of vocals. And I fucking love it. And this is a really strong album. Yeah, they're pretty harsh, unclean vocals. It reminded me a lot of Ollie from Bring Me the Horizon. I was going to say it, and I thought you were going to say, Jackson, you're an idiot. So I just wasn't <laughs> even going to go with it. I normally but, would, but no, that's the correct thing. Yeah, you would love to usually do that. Mm-hmm. That is very true. <laughs> but yeah, I think that definitely shined on this album. But for people that don't know, they're an alternative rock band with some post-hardcore and... It's more on the depressing side, I would mm-hmm. say, in tone and what they're going for. And it reminded me a bit of, if anyone remembers the band, Dead Poetic, just without right. the vocal part, I would say. But I really like the Uncleans, just like you said, very harsh. And they had transitions that worked very well. I was impressed by this album. Yeah, same here. I mean, and again, this is another band that I've actually never even heard of till this album came out. So I'm really glad we discovered them. I'm pretty sure this is their first full-length album as well. Oh, wow. That's even better to hear. I didn't know that was their first. That's really good if this is just their first crack at an album. I could be wrong, but I think it is. Ian, don't do that. You know you're never wrong. That's very true. I can't believe you even went there. I know, right? I bet you when you said it, it even felt weird. I must be tired. We're going on three (laughs) hours here. so You're hungry and you're tired. You need a nap. (laughs) I do need sleep, that's for sure. But let's play a little bit. For me, my favorite track was Drifting. Very nice. So let's play a little bit of that. There's so much pain in those unclean vocals. It's like, it's getting it out there. I like hearing that passion. Got that soul. You're right. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this album. Me too. So once again, this is Unwill. Their album is Past Life, and they are signed to E1 Music slash Lifeblood Inc. Boom. Homebound released an album called The Mold. You build around yourself. It's an EP. Sorry, I said album. And it was released off of Rude Records. And this is a punk album. We're actually switching it up a bit here. And I believe that's the direction we're going to finish off with, too. But it's pretty good. I I actually enjoyed this, and I didn't think I was. 
I'd say pop punk with some punk overtones, maybe. Yeah. They've had two EPs before this, and they're a band from the UK, so maybe that's why we didn't get to hear about them as much. Most likely. Because iTunes doesn't even have the um, their other stuff. Neither does Spotify. Oh, okay. That's why. But I think now there's a big resurgence of pop punk in the UK. So they're getting more noticed and they're coming over here to the States a lot more. So now we're actually getting some of this stuff that we weren't before. Oh, shit. We needed it. I like this EP as well. It's five tracks. Every track is pretty good. And... They remind me of a loss for words. Yeah. It's like the harder side of the pop punk. Yes. This is more aggressive on that Mm -hmm. side, but not too much. It still has those pop punk sensibilities. But I know that the band themselves really like the last track, Broken Reverie. So let's play a little bit of that. So yeah, man, some fun stuff. Yeah, it's a really good album. Uh, EP. Man, I keep calling it an album. <laughs> What's wrong with me, boy? The one thing I would say about it, there's nothing groundbreaking here. Right. And we've seen that with a bunch of pop punk bands recently, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. So you I should agree. definitely, yeah, definitely give it a listen and see what you think. But I think it's good. Yeah, me too. I would definitely recommend it to anybody, especially if you like pop punk. Absolutely. So that's Homebound. The Mold You Build Around Yourself EP on Rude Records. And I just want to make a note for anyone that's looking up the album. Mold is spelled M-O-U-L-D, not M-O-L-D. Yeah, when I was reading it, I was like, is it mold? But, uh, you know, I'm just going to shoot for the stars here and just say mold. It's the UK way of saying it. Uh, look at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know your shit. So, Ian, finishing up here with Carousel Kings releasing charm city on victory records what did you think mr ian hates on the last album we were reviewing today good sir i liked it (laughs) (laughs) i was so anticlimactic i know i did um yeah i I liked it so this is different from the pop punk that we just talked about we would say that homebound was more on the aggressive pop punk side carousel kings are not every once in a while on a track that you kind of hear it come out a little bit. But in general, I think this is way more on the standard pop punk level. Gotcha. And this, by the way, is their fourth full-length album. Yes, and this band I've actually heard of. There you go. Woo! Yeah, Jackson. Hey, we got one. (laughs) I'm not as knowledgeable as Mr. Ian hates everybody. They know. They know. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So you tell me about this album. I liked it as well. I wasn't 
ready for this. Like, this isn't what I expected for some reason. Because I've heard of them before, and I've actually always heard of them as, like, a good band that's very well-respected and very talented. But I've never really listened to their music before except, like, a single or two. So I went into this, I guess you could say pretty much blind, you know, as to not expecting anything. But I actually really, really enjoyed it. I really liked songs Bad Habit, uh, Dynamite, Here Now, Forever. Those were some of the highlights. And, you know, it was actually kind of a fun listen. It's very different. The vocals are very light. I mean, it's just a really good album to me. Let's play a little Bad Habit. Repeating the creases and leaving my pieces home. This war is so tragic. And you're such a bad habit. Busting on my forehead. Lots of confidence. They know what they're doing. You know, obviously they're veterans, you know, in the scene, especially in the pop punk scene. And yeah, they switch back and forth between some pop punk, some easy core. You know, there's a little bit of that mixed in there too. They have a couple tracks that you can easily say sound Blink 182 ish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an all around good album. Yep, I agree. That brings us to an end with Carousel King's Charm City on Victory Records. Boom. So now for upcoming albums, from what we know right now, we have Lorna Shore, we have Youth and Revolt, Danny Warsnop's country oh, album, yes. <laughs> and the big one for everyone, at least for me, is Ghost Key with If I Don't Make It on In Vogue Records. Yeah, next week should be a good one. Or well, an interesting one. Let's put it like that. Sure, because you never know. But who knows? We could add more things, take things away. We're not sure. We'll see. We shall see. All right, man. Time for Breakdown from the Past. <laughs> if you think we're going to kiss your ass just to get a good review in your magazine, well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous pose and want to be right or candy ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass! All right, Jackson. First week oh, back. God. First week back, man. Come on. I know you can oh, do God. it. Oh, God. What do you got for a breakdown from the past? Uh, I'm scared to just jump in. Mm-hmm. I'm scared I'm going to fuck up. Probably. You ready? No. My breakdown from the past is a band called Woe Is Me. Pretty sure that's already been done. <laughs> I don't think it has. I thought about it long and hard, Ian. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure we did it, but we can go ahead. Did you get this idea from last week's show? No. Okay, because we did play Woe Is Me on that show. I know, but I didn't get it from that. I actually had this prepared for the episode I was supposed to be in last week. Okay, go ahead. But have we done it before? I think we have, but still, just go ahead. It's fine. I'm going to say we haven't. Okay. I really don't think we have, but definitely my... Breakdown from the past is what was me. This was actually one of the first bands I ever saw live. 
Oh, okay. it was at So What Music Fest at my first ever live show in our scene. So this was one of the bands that I saw, and I was like, man, so this is what the music is all about. And I don't know, whenever I hear them, it just reminds me of, you know, the old type of scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, I don't know, it just brings back a lot of memories whenever I listen to these guys. And it also doesn't bring a memory of a breakdown from the past that we've done before. So Lies. <laughs> I really don't think it's been done before. All right. Well, maybe you should go back and listen to shows then. Maybe you should. No, I don't have the time I'm, to do I'm, that. I'm 99% confident it has not been done before on an episode. Okay. All right. Anyways, <laughs> Ian, I'm going to let you decide the track. Would you put Delinquents or their cover song last Friday night? Because I know you're an act for co- or you're a narc for uh, covers. Say that again. Because I know you have an act for covers. Okay, there you go. Because you said narc before. I don't know why I said yeah, that. Yeah, it's Mark. <laughs> I probably came out weird. Well, last week we played the cover of Kesha. Oh, gosh. So maybe we should continue with the covers and play <laughs> last Friday night, open parenthesis, TGIF, and parenthesis. Ian just loves covers. I do. It's very true. So yeah, let's do that one. You know that's a jam. <laughs> of course it is. Are you going to even talk about Tyler Carter before we move on? I don't know. No, I'm good. You're not going to? Okay. No, and I even thought about it before I mentioned it, but I don't know. I just think of woe is me as woe is me and issues as issues. I don't know what it is with me, but I never really relate them to each other all that much. I kind of just have them as their separate things. That's fine by me. That's the way I roll, man. For anyone who knows the scene, they know what we're talking about right now. Yeah. All right, so for my breakdown from the past, I had mentioned It Lives at Breeze because since we were doing that cover song for It Lives at Breeze, I remembered that the band used to actually, you know, they have different members now, but it used to be a band called A Failing Sky. Hmm. Do you remember that band at all? I do not. So it's spelled F-A-Y-L-E-N-E. And what happened was they had two full-length albums and an EP. They started in around 2009 or so. So they had Define Alive EP, The Hero vs. Us in 2009, and then Hell is Where the Heart is in 2013. And I thought this was interesting, and the track I'm actually going to play is a cover as well. I think it works very well with what we just did. But the way I found out about this band 
was because of the cover of Break Your Heart that they got kind of famous for. As bands do. Mm -hmm. But they ended up breaking up and most of the members went and made It Lives It Breathes. So it just works out this way. Now this band was way more on the metalcore, post-hardcore side with a little bit of electronics you know, built in, whereas It Lives It Breathes is way more on the electronic core side. So they definitely changed their sound when they moved around. But here, let me play a little bit of Break Your Heart. We went very seen this week with our breakdown <laughs> from the past. Oh, shit. But yeah, I thought it was interesting enough because I like this band. They didn't really last long, but they're still going strong with whoever transferred over. I know the lead singer, I believe the guitarist, possibly the bassist or drummer as well, moved over to It Lives at Breeze, so you can always follow them as well. But it's just one of those things where... It's just fun to find a band when you're searching around YouTube with all the different covers, and that's kind of how I latched onto them. Do you think it's fair to say that almost every band from before 2013 has a cover song? It's probably 98%. I think so, too. Every single band made a cover song when they first started, and it is always fun to go back and listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is a handful of bands. Maybe that's what we should do. We should do a list of bands that never made a cover. Damn, I couldn't even think of one, to be honest with you. So yeah, so hey, Breakdown from the Past is over. That was Woe Is Me and A Failing Sky. So check them out if you like that style of music. And Jackson, it's time to close out the show. Oh, shit. So thank you very much for coming back to the show. Well, thank you for having me, good sir. No problem at all. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Nothing much. Just uh, it felt good to be back. I missed it. I missed you. Aw. Glad to be back on Valentine's Day. What a great thank Valentine's Day Thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, yeah, the best. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Stop It Wob, for filling in. And thank you guys again. 
And just a couple of quick announcements. As you probably saw last week, it was a very, very busy week for Ian Hates Podcast. And two of the things that were released were Ian Hates Music Conversation Editions. The first was Johnny Frank from the band Bill Murray. He is also ex-Attack Attack. And he came on the show and we had a great conversation about his career and what he's doing now with Bill Murray as well as his production company, Johnny Frank Productions. We get into a ton of stuff there. And one of my favorite bands out right now, Austin O'Brien, the lead vocalist for the band Ghost Key, also joined me for Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Their brand new album, If I Don't Make It, comes out on Friday through In Vogue Records. He talked all about that, as well as a bunch of other stuff going on in his life and his career we even talked about lost so there you go <laughs> how how do you pass that up make sure to listen to that show as well as pick up their brand new album on friday and we have a ton more surprises coming your way to support ian hates music and everything we do here please follow the links in the description of this episode to follow us on all the social media if you like the show it really, really does help to go to iTunes and rate us five stars and leave a comment slash review. That is very important, and it really does help us out. So it'd be a great Valentine's Day gift for Ian Aww. Hayes Music, you know, to go ahead and do that. So thank you all for listening. Jackson, thank you for coming back on the show. This was a lot of fun, and it's a super long episode. So we got a ton of stuff that we talked about today. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Jackson, do you have any final words for everyone? Stay frosty. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to you. You're the rose